This episode of Point of View Uncensored is sponsored by Juicy Details, here located on the southeast side of Atlanta. Welcome back to Point of View Uncensored. You're here with your favorite brother, DJ the Great. To my left, we have... I'm Dr. J. Dr. Renaissance. And today's special guest is... I'll let you introduce yourself. It's your boy, Swain. We appreciate you for coming out today. Um, so today we have a couple of good topics that we want to touch in. All right, so today we have a, quite a few topics that we want to touch on, but before we do, we want to introduce and get to know our guests a little bit better. So Wayne, tell us a little bit more about yourself. So I do YouTube. I run a maintenance lifestyle um, and a mindset channel. It's truly indigenous. Y'all can subscribe, check the channel out. Um, I basically just came up with it, man, because, you know, losses and stuff that I've dealt with in life. I think life is about losing. It's not necessarily, not necessarily about winning. It's how you respond to your losses. It's the characteristic of a man. That's what my dad taught me. So I basically just created a channel. I call it Truly Indigenous because I feel like indigenous is not about the culture. It's more so about getting back to the original state of masculinity. So I created that channel, man, and I'm just documenting my life for it. So how would you overall summarize your content like if uh i went on youtube and it was a category to select what category would your content fall like it's, it's definitely red red pill but it's more so of a uh of a how-to channel as well you know right. um, and when people think red pill they usually think women it's not all about women that's just a small chapter in it in my opinion when i when i think red pill i think about the truths of the reality, the scripted reality in which we live. And I kind of feel like a lot of men take L's, even women. I think women take L's too in life by not um, looking at life from this point of view. But I just kind of feel like when you do, things are just a lot easier. So just to make sure that we're all on the same yeah. page. Paul and Jake, have you ever heard of great film content? No, I have not. I, I have, I've heard the term, but I never really got an indication of what it actually is. Does that do with the Matrix? Exactly. Yeah, I love that movie. I love that movie. Right. Film, which do you choose? <laughs> so the Red Bull was kind of like the adventurous deal, right? Well, it was him being snapped out of the Matrix and, you know, it's reality. getting the truth of how things were, were outside of truth. Okay. The digital program. So, okay. <laughs> now that makes sense. Okay. Matrix. That, and I guess I was overthinking it. Like, I'm like, Red Pill, the only one I know is Matrix, but they're not talking about Matrix, but it's like, okay, clearly they were. Okay. <laughs> so, um, in the Red Pill community, there is a lot of controversy that is, like, constantly uh, surrounded by it. What separates your content from the likes of uh, Fresh and Fit or Andrew Tate or Kevin Samuels or the endless, you know, rising stars that are coming from the Red Pill community. Well, I think what makes me different is, you know, I'm very, like, uh, neutral-based. Not only am I neutral-based, I actually have a child. I know there's a lot of these Red Pill content creators, they don't have children. I think you kind of go off on, like, a deep tangent when you don't have a child because the child gives you, like, that more, like, uh, nurturing aspect of yourself so you can be more balanced. And then you start to understand life from a different spectrum. However, I do think red pill is necessary, but there comes a point in time. That's a whole another topic. That, that one's called purple pill. It's when you combine both together 
and you literally be able to exist in the matrix while having the red field knowledge. And I've reached that point in my life just because of all the lessons and losses I've you know, taken through the fatherhood. So that's what let me here. What is some of the biggest pushback? Because when you hear um, red pill content, the, the, the stereotype that comes along with it is um, toxic males, toxic masculinity, or men who are degrading women or, or chauvinists, or um, men who think women are less than. Uh, well, let me just say this. Women are definitely not less than. I don't think men are greater than or vice versa. I think we both have a like a job in society that we have to fulfill. And there and let's keep it above. There's nothing better than having somebody who, you know, truly mess with you, bro, that you really truly want to deal with. So like I said, I just kind of feel like this content is is uh being looked at in a negative way because of just the way people are viewing the tone that it's being delivered or or they're getting little clips of stuff that doesn't make them feel good. But I think a lot of, a lot of red pill guys do see value in women as well. It's just that's not what catches the eye because, of course, people like confidence. From what I hear so far, though, it does sound like a, this sort of red pill community is kind of reproducing old gender stereotypes of, you know, women should act and do this and men should act and do that. And that to me, that's dangerous. And that sounds sort of kind of taking a step back when we should be moving forward. Yeah, especially I was thinking about um, kind of what we talked about off air. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you When you said that you don't think that women should be empowered, for example, like Stacey Abrams. Yeah. How do you feel about her, you know, running for governor or even, you know, I knew something about Keisha Lance Bottom as mayor of Atlanta. Um, what you think about that? Well, and why, why would you, you know, well, let's, what, what, do you, what do you think about that and why do you think it? Why do you think that's the case in this situation? It's not more so that women can't be in a position of power. I look at it, I look at it like this. Um, in a masses, like if you were if you were to take the masses of women, right, and you were to just look at things for the bigger picture, I think that more women would would be um, less effective in position of power than a man would, just because their DNA makeup is very emotional. Not to say that men aren't emotional, because especially. In this society, in the black culture, a lot of men being raised by women, I think, have a heavy influence on the way that we view life. Like, even if you just look at 50 Cent's son and how he's complaining about his dad giving him $6,700 a month. That's almost $90,000 a year. That's more than the average salary of an American. He's complaining about money that he didn't have to work for. So, so what I'm saying is, is that stems from, you know, in my opinion, a lot of women who have the mindset of everything is entitled to them. They feel entitled about a lot of things. And you have young men who are, who are raised by these type of women and they have this type of mindset. So what I'm saying is, is that, I'm not saying that women can't be in position of power, but what I'm saying is, is that based on their DNA makeup, the way, how emotional they are, you cannot make logical decisions in an emotional state. So I think men, that's, that's why I say that we have a balance, women are nurturers. They have to be emotional to nurture, right? But a man comes in, he's supposed to be sound and logical in making his decisions. He can make those hard decisions without his, mo his emotions being involved. That's how it's supposed to be. But unfortunately, we don't live in a world like that. So I think that's a really, really dangerous way to conceptualize men and women, that mm -hmm. relies on biology and genetics to make these determinations. 
There's benefits to being emotional. There's benefits to being nurturing. We wouldn't have as many wars in the, in the world that we have today. Women were in power, most likely. Um, and not all women are nurturing. Not all men are logical, clear thinkers. You have variety. So it's like, it's sort of just an easy way to fit these. And like we do this with, with other ethnicities, not in gender, but other people, you know, fitting them into specific categories. You know, so I just, that, you know, I think that we have to get away from seeing women like that and men like that and seeing the spectrum. You know, it depends on the person. It depends on, you know, where they fall on their emotional emotional level, their intelligence, all of that. It makes me think, it makes me think, it makes me think two things. Um, the first part being, um, in the world, there are naturally more women than men. Um, Not by a lot. Yeah. But even in terms of voting, the larger turnout for voting typically is women. Um, it makes me wonder if women are the larger population and the, the mass number of people who are voting turnouts, when there are women in position to be in positions like president or governor and so forth, why aren't those women voting for um, themselves? But I saw, I, I saw, a, a, a second point, I saw an interesting study that um, when women are in those positions of power, they are more likely to wage war. Historically. So that was just two things that, that came to mind. It's very interesting that if women are allowed to turn out, why is the Stacey Abrams in office? Why didn't Hillary Clinton win? Uh, what amongst themselves makes them still vote for men if we are in this patriarchy? I would, I would probably suggest that generational and systemic oppression is a factor in that. From like, you're saying women being oppressed? Yes. I no, I don't want to cut you off. I want to make a point. Go, go ahead. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't take when they say women are oppressed. And I'm going to tell you why, because this society is very gynocentric, meaning that it's geared towards women. And I'm sure we've all heard that. When you go to the gynecologist, right, it's for women. So some people may not know what that is. That's why they call it gynocentric, which is saying that for the viewers. So when you think about the laws that are put in place, just like the conversation we were having earlier when they said, somebody that said men were in power for so long, but I, I always question that because I say they could be the figure, they could be the face of what's actually in place. But if you think about the laws in society, when it comes to children, when it comes to marriage, it all geared towards the women. So I really have a problem with women arguing about oppression and they say, well, we're not treated equally in the workforce. Why would a woman not want to meet a guy who's successful, who's strong, who's mentally able to logically lead her and take the pressures of the world off of her so that she can then nurture her children. Why is that so long? Why are women fighting for the right to be a man? You understand what I'm saying? I think that, that this is why the world and dating is so hard because it's kind of just like, there is no structure. Anything with no structure is gonna fail. So I, I, don't, I don't really think women are oppressed. I really don't. I think they have life on easy mode. Men have to, listen, women are born and they already got value. 
as a man, you gotta work hard. It doesn't matter your sex or your or um not your sex, but your uh what you relate to. If you're homosexual, if you're not, you're still a man and you have to work to be valuable in society. A woman just has to be beautiful. That comes from nature. So how are you oppressed? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think historically, you know, you think of like the royalties, the male child that was the one that was privileged and that was exalted and that was prized, right? It was, it was men. Um, and I think, you know, uh, today, you know, everybody has to work. It's not just, you know, men don't aren't the only ones that have to work. Women have to work. Women, you can't, you know, get away in today's economy, in today's society with being most of the time a stay-at-home mom. Sometimes you can, sometimes people get lucky and are able to do that. But you right. know, it's, we live in an economy in the state of the world where most two parents have to work to make an income. Um, so, you know, I don't know, like, women don't have a free ride. You know, you can't be born a woman and then just think that you're going to have money thrown at you or gifts thrown at you. In fact, you know, I think that probably, I can't say this because I'm not a woman, but my sense would be most women probably don't want that. Don't want that kind of lifestyle. Don't want that. What type of lifestyle? I want to make clear. To not work, to not be productive and give back to society and contribute and to have a, a, a profession and a hobby. Oh, not, not in today's world. Today's world, um, with social media and the entertainment, um, the entertainment world influence on us, um, influences the lifestyle that is what today seems like the, um, the achievement of the American dream. Most people have promo. That if they were to take that route and it's something that maybe they'll uh, cleave in a hole, they feel like they were missing out on something. So society right now and what's high and trade kind of takes a, uh, a dark cloud over uh, what you would call traditional life in America incentivize and the state of the economy makes it so that you have to be in a two-income household and on top of that what's projected to us um, daily is the idea of the power company so most people wouldn't take that route um, because it doesn't fit with the new mode of what American culture is I think, I think feminism tricks women, and I, I'm gonna tell you why. I, I was reading this study. I can't remember why, but I want where. But I wanted to know where feminism came from. And we all know the women asked for equality, right? But then you look at why they pushed this towards women and why they did this, right? You had a lot of women wanting to be in the workforce because they were taught, you know, you're not looked at as an equal. You know, men look down on you. So women no longer wanted to be with a guy who was providing and stuff like that. So what it said in the article that I read is that they actually pushed feminism so they could tax a larger population of people from the workforce. They were able to tax men, 
and they were able to tax women simultaneously. So they sold feminism to women. And now we fast forward to 2022, you have women saying, oh, we're oppressed and we're this and we're that. And it's, you know, it's just not equal. But in my dealings with women, with me dating women, I've never met a woman that actually wanted to pay for dates. She may do it because she feels like, you know, I want to be nice to him. But on a continuous basis, I don't know no woman that wants to pay the bills and let a man live with him. I don't know no woman that wants to pay for dates. And I don't know no woman that wants to take care of a man. My own mother didn't even want to take care of me. She's like, you really need to get out. You need to be on your own. Your mother is the first to show you female nature. So what I'm saying is that women were never even meant Deep, like biologically, they don't want to be in position of power. They I don't, well, I so I don't think we can. I think it's, we can't speak for women. So I I can't I can't speak for women. I don't think we as men can speak for women. And so you know, I think um, you know it's it's a it's a challenge. Um, I think you know feminism for me you know started off with the women's suffrage movement, trying to get the right to vote. You know, securing the right to vote and has has kind of evolved from there. You know, so uh, you know we're sort of in the me me too times. You know, that was the sort of recent component that happened, but it's not a it's not a dead movement. You know, I you know I'm, there's still a lot of activists out there, a lot of research out there, and you know there. There are a lot of inequities, and specifically, I think, for us, we talked about this on a previous episode, yeah. is the overturning of Roe versus Wade. I mean, that was a huge milestone in terms of reproductive health for women. Um, and, and not just that, but who owns, who owns bodies? Who owns male bodies? Who owns female bodies? Okay, and what are women, what are men allowed to do with their bodies? All right, who gets to decide that? The government uh, has more control over women's bodies than they do men's bodies. There's no denying that. I think that um, the feminism initially started with the idea of equal rights, um, fair treatment, uh, access and opportunity. Fairness and opportunity. I think that in what you're saying is the Me Too era, if that hasn't already been shut down after the Johnny Depp case, um, <laughs> has shifted to not equality, but more so the bashing of men. And that is what first break-fill culture, um, where you hear consistently um, things like toxic masculinity and things like that. So I think the line and the, the overall, the, the original agenda has changed and blurred um, from women's rights to votes and things of that nature. I'm going to keep it up, This is going to be like a very raw, this is raw month. So listen, I feel like birth control and abortion gave women the right to be more promiscuous. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. If you look back in the day, abortion was not a medical service that was offered. Women had more of a hesitation to sleep with that guy, to sleep with that guy, to sleep with that guy, because they knew the consequences of possibly having a child with a man who may not be there and also, you know, 
just not being able to live her life the way that she wants to and getting the right start because she made a bad decision. So now when you got women who can get an abortion at, at will whenever they want to, and I do think that there are the opposite sides of the coin to abortion, but I'm just telling you why I think, you know, it's like women arguing the fact to get rid of their feminine nature of nurturing. Literally, they're, 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 this is what they're saying. I want to be able to have the right to kill my child. That's what they're arguing, but I thought your greatest attribute was nurturing, right? And then we do know that birth control does have an effect with their hormones. And I also know, because I, I know I dated a couple of women that said, oh, I'm on birth control because uh, my hormones are not balanced, right? So aside that, the women who get birth control just so they can have sex freely and be more promiscuous, this is the reason why a lot of them aren't white. Because now the more you become a single mom and the more bodies you have, you're devalued greatly. You understand what I'm saying? That's no, I'm not saying. Am I saying that it's right? Am How I does it devalue the woman? Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give you an example. Okay. Let's just say you're a guy that makes two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, right? You can have any woman you want. It doesn't matter what you look like, because as a man, our value is not in our looks. It's what we bring to the table and how we provide and the value we bring. This is why you can have a man that's not attractive. They can have a dime piece, right? See if Oprah can go get a super attractive guy. I don't know too many guys that want to sleep with Oprah. That's all I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this is this is what I'm saying. I'm going to talk about the devaluing. If you're a guy of that type of caliber, right, and we already talked about men who are successful and take the stresses of, of the world off a woman's shoulders. So when you have a child and you got all these bodies, as a man, would you want to take that woman as your woman or would you want to go get a woman that's childless? Very feminine, not promiscuous, or do you want to wipe that OnlyFans link chip? It's almost like a credit score. You got to think of like being successful as a man is like a credit score. If you got a great credit score, you ain't going to go buy a car that's got 100,000 miles on it. You want that new range you can pull off the lot. And I don't think women are understanding that this, this hookup culture is literally affecting them. It's, it's going to, in 10 years, 15 years, it's going to backfire on them. Yeah. So I just have to say, this is a, it seems like a really big double standard. Men can be very promiscuous and are oftentimes very promiscuous. We are. But women are, by your logic, aren't allowed to be like that because it kind of violates their, I don't know, their femininity or their sanctity or something. It makes them less female. In a certain way. I, I didn't say they were not allowed. What I said was it devalues them. You can do whatever you want to do, but don't complain about the outcome of the choice that you made. Because as men, just keep it above. Women love guys that other women want, bro. That's why you can, the guy that's labeled as a hoe sleeps with all the women because they all competing for the same dude. Sleeping with women does not devalue you as a man. It actually makes you more sought after. I'm telling you. Even though women may not admit it, but they always try to be like, you know what they say? I'm, I'm going to be the one who wipes. It's, that's why, as a man, if you're trying to sleep with as many women as you want, keep them in competition with each other. They can all be trying to fight for that that spot of being white. Maybe I get I get the logic behind it. Um, from from another perspective, um, the current um, behavior that we see, which is like a, a result of some parts of the feminist movement is uh, hookup culture. So 
part of that message is that there is a liberation through your sexual um, freedom. Your your freedom to have as much sex and hook up without consequence as as um, as you please. But in react like just breaking down that fr- that phrase sexual liberation, your sex isn't actually setting you further away from being oppressed. And I think that's kind of what you mean. You, know, you, like, you said sex is not. They're they're being sold on um, sexual liberation. So them and their sexuality and the amount of sex and hookup that they are uh, they would like to have right is like a direct correlation to separation from oppression. So it's freedom. So me having sex and just you know living a life which is really. Um, equality in the sense of well since this is what God has been doing while we were in the house is allowing me the same freedoms of, of a man. When in reality your your behavior and practices aren't making this group or any group any more free. You know what I'm saying? They're already so, free. <laughs> that's my that's the pitch that, that they're being sold on. <laughs> so that um, it, it's like the matching of energy. So yeah. if you do it, I can do it, and because this is everything that's in the category of male, if I take on these same attributes, then I have the same freedom of male. When really, that's, it has nothing to do with their, their actual freedom. I think that's the biggest thing, the biggest lie that that's sold with a large portion of what we identify now uh, as feminism. Like, you know, slut walk or me too and things of that nature. Um, on the on the other side of it, for proper balance, uh, when you go into the idea of you know finding someone to marry, the more you practice something, the better you'll be at it. So, me indulging in, in sex and variety of people when I do choose to finally settle down. I am an expert at having sex with multiple people. It's hard for me to focus on one person, which leads into a topic that, you know, you want to touch on is the ever so growing divorce rate. And also um why marriage seems very unattractive to people, that people would choose other options that bring what we used to look at and view and value as marriage, but just um, in hookup culture or flames or, you know, situationships or things like that. You know, like for example, I know um, a couple marriages um, ended in divorce. I know with Tamara Myra, Tamara, I'm sorry, not Tamara, Tia Myra and Amari Hardrick. Is that Corey. I'm sorry. I said Amari. With Corey Hardridge and uh, TMR, and I think it was, uh, was it a uh, football player name? What was his name? The Patriots. Uh, was it? Was it? No. Was it, was it Tom Brady? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Brady yeah. and Victoria's Secret model. Yeah. What is her name? The former Victoria's Secret. The former Victoria's Secret model. Um, Chanel? No. Um, I know if you're talking Gazelle. about Gazelle. Gazelle. Uh, something like that. Yeah. But um in in the culture that we're in now, 
why do you think that um, divorce is on the rise and why people are so reluctant to step into the arena of ordinary marriage? So I think that people are starting to realize that, that you know, marriage is sort of uh, dated or older kind of institution. I think, you know, the younger generation especially is more open, you know, to different kind of arrangements that don't require, you know, maybe a religious component or even a legal component. They don't, they're not kind of after that sort of like, uh, you know, stamp of approval. I can agree with that. I have a lot of friends who are um, what they would call 20, 30 years ago uh, common law marriage. They didn't go to the court. They kind of just have like a, a, a verbal agreement amongst each other and they don't want the government in their business for one reason or another. They don't have the same last name, but they have rings and vows that they exchange with each other. But they don't, you know, want to take that route. That's like a, a, a new thing that's here. Yeah. It's, well, it's not. People have been common law Americans for, for years now, but the state would at least acknowledge it. Right now, people don't want any dealings in that. Though. And so, on that level, I see a lot of that. I just think that divorce is, is happening because of social media. I think people are looking at, you know, other 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 options. You know, and I think it's in other distractions. Um, that can cause, you know, people to, you know, probably, you know, cheat. But I think, I, I always think that cheat, either cheating or domestic, domestic abuse are like the two main reasons why people are getting divorced. Um, we talked about um, abuse in our last episodes, um, that kind of ending in relationships. But um, I don't think that's where it is, it's cheating or in, in domestic abuse. And, you know, a lot of times it's probably because of money. You know, that's another thing. Money, like I said, I know you said it before, money controls, whoever controls the money controls the relationship. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and it's so funny. It's some of the ways he was saying what he was saying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this this new age thinking, but we still want components of traditional old values. Um, it's funny part is statistically. 85% of divorces have been initiated by female counterparts in these relationships for um, a lot of reasons. Most of the time, it's due to money. So is it because there isn't the ability to experience, um, what's the word? Uh, I heard me, where you are looking to be with someone to take care of you so that you can enjoy your life so that you don't have to um, work your life away. Or you, you are able to be with family. Or if you are in a scenario where you need two incomes, does that cause a clash of ego of who is the boss in this scenario? Who's going to be wearing the pants? So now, they're, as we push for more gender fluidity or, you know, no traditional gender roles, are we causing more conflict amongst the two sexes or, or amongst spouses? I think, I think women are in the most fine position ever of all time to exercise their high person. And literally, like, as a, as a man, I know 
we can never be as hypergamous as a woman can because women typically want to date guys who are up here above them, right? You can't make $30,000 with a man and go get a chick that makes 200000 She don't even see you. You're literally invisible to her in most cases. I'm not saying that this can't happen, but in the bigger picture, it's a very small percentage that it happens. So I think them being able to exercise their hypergamous nature is one reason why divorce is, um, you know, at a higher rate than normal. And I also think that having too many options, which is a derivative of their hypergamous nature. And what I think is more so, like he said, is the end goal. They understand now that they can be hypergamous and get rewarded for it because of the gynocentric ways of society, which is why I'm anti-marriage. Now, I'm not anti-bond with a woman because I think that's the greatest bond you can have on earth. I, I, I think women are amazing. And at some point in your life as a man, you're going to have to have a woman in your life. I don't care what you say. Because if you think about the game of chess, you can only move the way you want to move when your your pieces are set up right. And then that queen can do whatever she wants within the game of chess, right? It's kind of like that as a man. Once you set yourself up, then that woman comes into your life and then she at, she becomes a luxury instead of the tax. So I think now women are starting to understand the reward from the gynocentric way of society and they're, and they're using it. And, and I mean, that's just what it is. They don't, marriage is not about love. It, 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 and, and all honesty, it's never been about love, but it's really not about love now. Now it's about the game and the end goal. So if, if I were a man who was looking to get married, I would seriously consider the marriage law. And honestly, I just wouldn't even do it. It doesn't benefit you. Marriage has no benefit to a man because whatever you can get out of marriage, you can get with, with just common law. Even you don't got a common law. Y'all don't have to live together. You can still like get benefits, but it does benefit the children living under the same roof. So I think that's where the... So everybody here is about 30 years old. Yeah. On, on one side and on the other side, how do we see things painting out in our latter years? I don't think that um, Generation X, Y, Z, Millennials, I don't think any of those groups of people have enough learned experience or data to see what is the, what does life look like for me in my latter years? I think that was the, the standout principle of Find Smile that you can get over with. And there are um, huge pushes for, or, or huge advances in uh, people living polygamous relationships or people, you know, Every form of dating somebody, how does this pan out 20, 30 years when we're 50, 60, you know, our, our bodies are downhill, we have retirement, we don't have retirement, we have just the cat and the dog, we have kids that are um, in split situations. How does all of that pan out? And, and do you think this generation is, or these groups of generations are thinking that far? down the line? I don't think they're probably thinking that far down the line, but I do appreciate the drive towards different arrangements, um, you know, that aren't the traditional monogamous man and woman, you know? So for example, like in the queer community, there's something called your family of choice. So if you're disowned by your family of origin, your biological family, some LGBTQ individuals will create their own family with, with friends, with, um, you know, other people, you know, teachers, mentors, and so on and so forth. 
And so, you know, that's just one different kind of arrangement, this family of choice, or if it's a romantic relationship, maybe, you know, uh, you know, finding a different arrangement with that. I think these are, they're not tested, right? They, you know, these are newer things that have come up. So it remains to be seen like how it's gonna play out at, in old age. But I do think that, you know, marriage isn't, isn't necessarily the answer. That there's other ways that people can take care of each other. Wow. Do you think that that is because people have a fear of um, true commitment? No. I'm going to take you and lock you away. You're mine. Nobody can. Nobody else. It's me and you. <laughs> we're, we're kicking the cane down the road to the sunset. Is that the biggest fear that outweighs other um, benefits or things that may appear uh, nicer? Do we live in a culture that is so sex driven and so free flowing that it's that or even on this one that that is the real motivation behind it because sometimes i hear these conversations and i'm sitting there thinking it sounds like you just want to keep having sex with whoever but it <laughs> it isn't being outright said I don't think so. If we think of old age, especially, not that old people don't have sex, <laughs> but you know, I think it has to do with care, loving someone, caring for people, and not just commitment in the romantic sense. If that makes sense, you know, there's something sex. I, you know, speaking, I guess, from a psychological point of view, sex becomes typically less and less important the older we get. Yeah. You know, there's other stronger drives that we have, you know, for example, being taken care of when we're older and community partnership and those things. So, you know, um, I think that, that, you know, these different arrangements outside of marriage, you know, creating that, that sort of family or that unity with others that, you know, you can kind of go through life with. I think that is, that's possible. You don't need the traditional form of marriage, you know, that we understand it today. I think it's more, in my opinion, it's like about freedom. I live by this creed that there are two types of men in the world. You got the guy that values love, and you got the guy that values freedom. Typically, that guy that values freedom, he's going to think of decades, right? He's going to think 10 years ahead. He's going to think, you know, legacy, future. How can I basically preserve myself for the long haul? The guy that values love, a lot of times, in my opinion, he gets caught up in the lustful ways and his desires for women. Now, I do, I personally believe that most men are not monogamous. In fact, I don't trust men who say they're not, because I feel like you're not being true. I know that sounds crazy, but I feel like we're probably not being true to, to who you really truly are, and usually guys like that will be the guys that stab me in the back. I've never met a man that only, I just never met one. I'm not saying it don't exist, but I've never met a man that only desires one woman. Now, you have men who learn to not exercise every option that comes their way. But I do think that even if you think about it like on a molecular level, like we can impregnate, one man can impregnate the whole world. So in order for you to be able to do that, you have to have that desire to keep hunting and want to plant that seed. And this is why you can go to the grocery store and you can see a complete stranger that you don't even know and a bad chick walk by and you'll look at that guy and be like, you don't even know him. 
why is why do we keep having these kind of type of encounters? So I can mean by this. As far as what the grocery store, he says grocery store. So if I go to the grocery store, a, 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 a good looking chick walk by. Me and you were, me and you had um, you know what I'm talking a about. moment where we both noticed that we're on the same time. You see it, I see it, I see you see it, you see that I see it, and we just had a moment yeah. like, I see it. And that's yeah. what's going on. Yeah. But I, I think it boils down to. Where are your morals lie? You know, um, we're, we're visual, we're going to be forever seeing things, but how far do you push the envelope um, in scenarios really kind of sets the, the foundation for things. I saw an interesting post where this guy said, when, I, um, when I'm hiring people, this is when I'm hiring, I'm about to do business with people. I used to take them out to a restaurant, a nice restaurant, and I'm sitting there and I'm observing, you know, how they interact with their relationships. Okay, you are in a relationship, you're married, things like that. And I'm looking and I'm seeing how well this person is containing themselves in this environment. Are you flirting with the, the waitress? Are you, you know, looking at everything that's going on with these things? Like how are you with this form of partnership? And he said that he takes that and that's his judge on how this individual will be in their business relationship. Okay, if I can't I've heard trust you to be good to the person that, you know, you're building this life with, how will you be with me in our business relationship and be your business? I thought that, that was something very interesting. I heard that. I know I know what you're talking about. I saw, yeah. I saw I that. It the other day and I was like, dang, that's, that's really deep. How many people have analyzed me like that? You know, because you, you might not act on it, but it shows a sign of, a sign of your, your um, Show the side of your uh, your personality well, that's, or your, your self-control. Well, that's any any situation where when they're on uncomfortable situation or unfavorable situation, you know, it tests your character. You know, what what are you, how you gonna react? You know, in a restaurant, anything can happen in a restaurant. You know, you're in a social setting, so how you gonna react? Even if you go out go out somewhere to an event, you know, anything where it's a social activity, you know, you're gonna really see who that person is. So. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely, I, I believe so. But just um, how relationships reflect on each other, like my friendships and how they are, they are a reflection of other areas of my life. Um, I don't know if I can see the piece of dead horse. Biden-Harris administration right. launched uh, the the beta application uh, for the student loan forgiveness uh, process. So they said they took the word beta out of the application. And this is the, the, the application. The, so it's the application. Right. And I think we had less than two weeks to figure that out. But, um, yeah, I got, a, I got an email about the, um, the forgiveness. Because I actually, because I'm a public servant, the public service, um, I think they have first priority in getting their loans forgiven. Um, it's like the per, uh, public servant loan forgiveness. Um, you, just fill, you have your supervisor fill the form out, and then you have to scan it to your loan uh, servicing company, which I think Mo, Mohama is the new company now. I think they kind of done away with the other loan um, service. I forgot what it was. It wasn't Saturday. 
No, Sally's been going. It's another episode. Sally is Navia. Navia, yeah. So they did away with Navia, and now they have Mohema for, I guess, public servants. Um, but I think October 31st is the last day. But they did say if you did it already, you didn't have to do another application. Because some people were saying there were another application you had to do on top of the original uh, law forgiveness application. So it is kind of confusing what's going on. I know some people think, you know, all this is because of the elections coming up. You know, October 31st is what we can do. I think mentally otherwise. But um, <laughs> what what are the stipulations on Paul? How how does this work in Canada? Are you just going to like okay? I fill out the application. I don't have a job. Do I need a job? Well, there's two. There's two types. Types. So I know if you were in school, you got a federal. If you have Pell Grant, you get twenty. You automatically get twenty thousand dollars off. Uh, if you have, if you have, if you receive Pell Grant while you're in school, if you didn't, you'll um, be other for ten thousand dollars. Okay. If you make if you make under a certain amount. Yeah, I think like under one hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year. And then also on top of that, but that's different than the public service law forgiveness. Well that's you have to have you have to be working for at least a certain amount of years, probably like ten years before you get a forgiveness or something like that. So if you went to school for a lot of years, you have a lot of debt, you make a lot of money, you don't get a lot of money. You don't get any money. <laughs> <laughs> you went to school, you didn't spend a lot of time in them, and you probably make less money. You get from a simple application. How difficult is this application? Super easy. It's easy. Really? Yeah. Like you, like you don't have to put in your social, you don't have to put in your and it kicks right in, automatically gone. It's fun. It's like a bad record. Well, they. I mean, I guess in the process. Well, uh, I don't know, but people always are getting forgiven. I can honestly say that, like, I know, speaking for myself, but, <laughs> 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 but, um, and I'm still, I'm still not all the way, um, sure, you know, because, you know, it might pay back, pop back up on my credit, credit sure. but, um, but it has, it has came out of my account, it has came out of my, my, my report. Um, I just talked to my credit person, and he said it's still not on there, so I'm like, okay. How long are you going to I mean, I think when they switched over services, like I said, they, they switched over oh, services. So I think that's part of that whole situation too. Okay. So, you know, if, I guess we have to wait and see. Like, is your credit uh, report? Uh, is it? Did you freeze it? If you freeze it, bro, they can't never put it back on it. Oh, okay. You can lock. Yeah, yeah if you lock it, and it's really illegal for them to do that anyway. For them to torture your uh, what you owe without your permission. So the, the biggest kickback is there are people who spent their hard-earned money paying off student loans, and they are not happy with the fact that there are people who have been dodging for years, people who have been paying the minimum for years that are just going to get all of this assistance. Is it fair? Should they have um, something in place uh, for people who went about it in other ways? Or is it just um, the cost of doing American business? It's the cost of American business, but it's not fair. And they should, they should get reimbursed something. If so they you paid it off and you had a Pell Grant, they should send you $20,000. They should send you something. Could they go to jail, please? They have money priorities, but already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. It happens in all areas of life where you do something and you miss an opportunity and you are looking at those who weren't able to take advantage of it in whatever scenario. But uh, I can feel the hate. 
I think there's ways to justify it though. I mean, you know, the price of tuition, you know, compared to 10 years ago, 20 years ago, has gone up just insanely. You know, uh, colleges are charging so much money. Um, there, of course, now we have the inflation issue. We have a bunch of different economic uh, impacts that are affecting people with student loans. That you know, these are people that have tried to better themselves in college and have tried to you know live the American dream. So, for me, it, it's a way. I think a nice gesture by the Biden administration to kind of. You know, and not just that, but but Jill, Dr. Jill Biden, you know, is an educator. And so I think, you know, as a teacher myself, you know, seeing that gesture by the administration, I think, you know, emotionally means a lot. Uh, and of course, you know, my, my. Uh, hey, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, I want to, I want to go back into what we were talking about. Um, I want to answer that question. Okay, go ahead. So answer, go, go ahead. So I think answer. So answer the question. So yeah. So in in the in y'all. You had mentioned that women, uh, and let me know if I'm wrong, in, yeah. in this generation got it easy. And I wanted to know, can you go more in depth in that as to why um, when it comes to laws, uh, women has it more easier or we could just, I guess, lay back and don't have to worry about um, working or, right? Is that, that was what you was? Yeah. Saying? Okay. Well, can you go more in depth with that? Definitely because y'all beauty is, is given. I mean, not y'all beauty, but y'all value is given to you. You don't have to work for it. You could, in, in literally today's time, you don't even have to be a beautiful woman anymore to get value from men. You literally can slap a filter on, slap some makeup on, and get on the fans link, and you're going to get your bills paid. Men, we can't do that. And as a man, it does, like I said, it doesn't matter if you are a straight man, a homosexual man, does not matter. In order for you to have value, you have to build yourself because men have to provide something. Only thing y'all really have to provide is to be nurturing and to and to please your man sexually for real. Not saying that you don't have to have intellect, but at the same time, it's much easier for you to be valuable than it is for a man. So when, easier. when you say value, is it is your is it only are you only focused on money? No, I'm not. I'm focused on being able to be sought after by the opposite sex. I can't just be a handsome man and be like, oh, I got value. A chick gonna be like, well, I want kids. I want a house. You can't do this. You can't fix this. I'm over you. But for a woman, I could be pulling up in a Benz and pull up at, at McDonald's and see you behind that counter fine as hell. And guess what? You're going to get a shot. It's not like that with guys. So when women say that they, 
men, it's easier for men. It, it's crazy to me. Who who said it? What women said it was easier? A lot of women do. You, a lot of women say that. They say that. Oh, you know, you know, guys have it on easy mode, but being a woman, you don't understand. You guys don't understand. We're so oppressed, and you're not oppressed. You literally have the world in your hands. So then, Malcolm X, a black man, did he not state that black women are the most neglected and disrespected in well, the world? But y'all disrespect and neglect yourself in society today. How? Because you get on the internet, your greatest trick is bending over. Like I said, because you know, y'all know where y'all value really lies. If that were the case, BBLs wouldn't be so sought after. You wouldn't get on Instagram and see women bending over. I literally watched a chick on my Instagram go from 200 followers to over 30K followers in six months. You know what she did? Bent over. So what, what, was the, what was the take on women being disrespected before social media? Because we still were neglected. Thing. This is what women literally did. Mm -hmm. Y'all literally fought to have the right to not have life on easy mode. And then complain about it when you feel like you're no longer, you know, uh, looked at as equal. Was it easy mode or was it freedom? Freedom for what? Freedom to jail, freedom, freedom well, for one, like, I, 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 I would not dare ask anyone, not just a man, anyone to tell me how to run my body. There's that no government, no law, no alien, no dog, no one has that right to tell me anything about my body. That and that same thing, I, I and, and even on 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 black men's side, it kind of reminds me when the police stop black men. They have no right to to you know to obligate your rights. Like that's that's out of the question. Like I don't I don't think it's about. First of all, I don't I don't think that you're right. I don't think that nobody should tell you what to do with your body. That's not what I'm saying. That's what's happening though. But it is what's happening, but what I'm saying is, is that I think that there's benefits on both sides of the coin. Because I'm not gonna sit here and act like I never if that's what you wanna call it, it's gonna sound bad, that I've never benefited from an abortion, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's a lot of men who may have laid down with women and made a mistake and had a child, although they weren't trying to, and they said, Look, we're gonna go to the clinic and we're gonna rectify the situation. Uh -huh. But what I'm saying is on a grander scheme of things this is a causing women to get away from their natural, um, you know, gift, which is to nurture. So you have women who are out here participating in, in hookup culture. And the reason they're able to do it so freely is because they have, you know, um, a lesser consequence. They can get an abortion. They can get on birth control. And then 10 years later, once their OnlyFans links are done, once they're done being, you know, you know, um, passed around by all these guys, they want to be wives. It does not work like that. that so, okay, so... You said a lot too. Let's break yep. it down. So, you're you're you. From what I'm hearing, you're speaking about right now. The men been been in that position since beginning of time, going to uh, women at at freely. But because you don't get pregnant, you don't look at it from that. Look at it from that lens. It doesn't matter if you don't get pregnant. It's been that. It's been that way. It still is. What? But where a man can can date five women at once in the, in the same community. We can. And and, and have kids by. Different women in the same community. We're it, not judged the same, though. But I'm saying you, you. No, I mean, I'm, go, ahead, go ahead. I think that uh, what it boils. I think that we're, we're dancing around the idea of um, two, two points. Mm -hmm. One point being um, cause and effect mm -hmm. or action and consequence, mm -hmm. and the the next point being supply and demand. Mm -hmm. So. With the nuances of um, freedoms and 
options and things like that, mm -hmm. there are consequences that not everyone has fully done their research on yeah. on how it's going to impact them. So mm -hmm. That's one area. Um, I think the idea that men were just getting laid as frequently as people think they are is not as true as we think. I think a handful of people have always had the option to do these things um, and that the illusion of social media and TV is painting the picture that all men have these options to just sleep around. No, I, I wasn't speaking. I was saying the Men being, being able to do it is not as judged as women doing it. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm, I, I'm not saying every man is doing it. I'm saying mm. men doing it, y'all, it's kind of getting overlooked. It's like, or it's not even overlooked. It's like, it's like second nature. Right. But when a woman does it, it's, it's tied to so many factors in today's society. Like, he, he keeps bringing up social media. He keeps bringing up uh, how we do it. It's, it's easier. It's women, women, we, we bring everyone to the world what's what is easy about that yeah. what is what is easy what is easy about bringing people here like but y'all don't do it by yourself it's it's a very hard mothering birthing those are those are hard things yeah those are very hard things. well just just being a woman it's not that that the birthing comes with 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 uh choice look you know to be clear you know not all women give birth. Right. Not all women want to have children. Right. Not all women want these things. Right. But so you have to you have to speak when you when you say women and mothers are two different things. Okay. Okay. So let's first start there because every woman don't have kids. All, all mothers are women and all women don't have kids. Okay. That's I'm saying. But he I'm saying from his point, it's not always the case where we we can't we can't just speak on children. We have to speak on every woman. Let's speak on every woman because every woman got different bodies. Right. Yeah, I think from us, um, from a societal point of view, uh -huh. um, prior to the merging of uh, or the blurring of lines of gender roles, uh -huh. there were two separate cultures. They were like the culture of men, and men did this, and then the women went to themselves and they did their own thing. And as we merged further together through um, workspace and ideology and everything else, we are seeing um, the result of uh, how we view each other and how we view ourselves as a culture. Mm -hmm. So. Who puts the stamp of, oh, you sleep around as a whore? Who puts the stamp of, oh, you're a woman and you don't have children, you must have something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You're crazy. You're not married by a certain age, something. Mm -hmm. Who puts those stereotypes out there and where did they come from? Because before we became a collective, we were pretty much two separate groups. But now that, you know, the veil is gone and we can see, okay, this is what the men are doing. Mm -hmm. The women are doing. Mm -hmm. This is how they judge and interact with, with each other. Historically, in this country, mm -hmm. these labels usually came within 
each of those groups. Like mm-hmm. the value of a man usually comes from within his peer group as we're sitting at the country club and mm-hmm. we're chatting. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've had this accomplished, that that accomplished, that and that. And the women, okay. you know, oh, that's going to be the first law. Mm-hmm. But you did just say the value of a man comes from what he has accomplished. Yeah, among, right. amongst his peer group. Right. So, but it's still, we don't have value unless we accomplish or we bring something. Maybe. You don't even want to be friends with a loser. And a woman don't want to date a loser. I agree with that. For the most part, you want to be around I, I, something. Would a man want to date a woman who's a loser? What's a what's a loser woman? That's the thing. Nobody ever defines what a woman is. Okay. A loser. What's a loser? Woman? What if a woman mean? cheats on you? Is that is that are you winning? I mean, but what is a loser? <laughs> hey, you said if, if, a, if, if a woman cheats on me, am I winning? What do you mean? I know. I'm saying is that is is that are you are you do you feel like you're winning if she's cheating on you? No. Okay, so she that means okay, kind of move on, right? You don't you don't feel bad. You move on. But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is is what society, <laughs> but what society judges as a man being a loser and a woman being a loser. No, it's like. We already know what a man is, is a loser. If you are an out of shape, broke man, you're a loser. You could be an out of shape, broke woman and still be successful. Okay. Do you understand? No, I that's, do understand. That's, that's not the same. Okay, so I think the beauty of it is is showing how we as a uh, the the sex world. Yeah, so, sex war has pretty much shown that um, men have it bad as well. That's what I'm gathering from it all. It's this, this, it's this idea that men have it so easy, oh. and that women are oppressed. And there are a lot of guys who feel like, hey, the the standards of society for being a man. It's very tough as well. And these are things that make me feel less than, make me feel as if, you know, I'm not worthy or a man or the, the stereotypical man has to have A, B, C, D, E, F, G in order to be accepted in society and not, and not fit in this loser club. So it's, it starts with self, for one. I, I can't make you feel like a winner. You have to, that's called confidence, that's called esteem. You're going to do that for self. Right, as we wrap things up on today's episode, which brought us topics of learning and exposing ourselves to what Red Tail culture is, identifying things like the sex war that's been going on for the past 60 years. Are women fragile? Do they have emotional stability to run things? Are men being left out? Are we ostracized? Are we fit into cookie cutter shapes that make us feel so unimportant that we are irrelevant in society. Who knows? Thank you for joining in. I'm your favorite brother, DJ. Dr. Renaissance. I'm Dr. J. And it's your boy, Swain. And it's your boy, Swain. So feel free to please follow us on all social media platforms and also add Amazon Music to the platform as well. So congratulations to one of you on Nestor for adding another uh, platform to our uh, to our show. Peace out, and we'll see you again.